Welcome to this podcast from Riverside Church Whitstable. We hope you find it helpful and encouraging. If you would like to find out more information about us, why not check out our website at riversideuk.org, our Facebook page, or follow us on Twitter at WhitRiverside. Right then, I'm going to hand over to Jake. Let's give him a warm welcome. Good morning. Um, just to say, by the way, that last, that last song um, that we did, One Night, One Moment, uh, the, it was going to be a flash mob. It was going to be a really big moment, but I realised people weren't here in about 10 seconds before. I was like, I'm going to have to stand up and sing this, aren't I? So I wasn't trying to make it all about me right at the end. Um, I'm just going to, I'm just going to, for the next 10 minutes, um, no more than 10 minutes, just speak a little bit about the, nati- the nativity, speak a little bit about what we've had this morning. And this weekend, over this weekend, there'll be thousands of nativities going on throughout the country, thousands of Christmas services, thousands of choirs singing uh, Christmas carols together. And growing up, as a child, when I, was, when I was in primary school, I used to dread Christmas because it meant at Christmas at school, we all had to go to the Christmas church service. And I used to absolutely dread it. The whole school had to go. I was in a primary school that was connected to a church. So the whole school had to go to this service where we had to sing and do loads of other embarrassing things together. And what they'd do is they'd line us all up. We'd all be lined up about to go into this church building in this uh, Church of England church. And we'd all line up in the playground. They'd get us all together and then they'd walk us class by class into this church for the Christmas service. And as we were walking in, there was someone on the doors as you enter the church, making sure your uniform was perfect. The boy in front of me was once told he had his um, uh, top button undone. And he was once told that that was the most disrespectful thing to ever go into the house of God with your top button undone. And as we were walking in, there were strict uniform guidelines as we walked in. And everyone had to be completely silent. It was single file, and you were silent as you walked in to this church building. It was very ordered. It was very, this is how it has to be. You have to be quiet. You have to be single file. And we all know when you're at school and you're told to be silent, the main thing that you're trying to do is not to laugh. You don't want to catch the eye of someone that's going to make you laugh. So it was silent. We had to go in. Our uniform had to be perfect. We had to be very ordered as we walked into this room. And then as we got into the church, there were teachers at the end of your rows just staring you down. And they're making sure you're not going to make a noise. You're not going to stand up when you shouldn't be standing up. The only time you're going to talk is when the vicar tells you to talk. The only time you're going to sing is when uh, we are told to stand up and sing. And if you sung anything that wasn't on that board, then you were going to be in trouble. This was how it was. We had to go. It was very ordered. There could be no noise. There could be no mess. This was the Christmas service for me as I grew up. The Christmas service had to be ordered. It could not be messy. And apparently, it had to be extremely, extremely boring. We sung Christmas carols together like silent night, holy night. 
and lyrics like Little Lord Jesus, no crying he makes. And Christian children all should be mild, obedient, good as he. I don't know about you guys, but when I was in primary school, the last thing I wanted to be was mild and obedient. That was, that was well away from what I wanted to be. And my friends at school, they put the pieces together. Every year, they'd gone to this Christmas service. This is how they had to be. These were the lyrics that they were singing. And then from this, they put together a picture of this is what the nativity was like. The nativity was for people that were able to be ordered. The nativity were for people that did their top buttons up, were for boring people. That was what my friends thought. And to be honest, I couldn't blame them at all. This was their view of Christianity because this is what they saw every Christmas. This is what the nativity was. And I think this is often what we're sold around Christmas time. The nativity that we're sold is a nativity that is very ordered, very together, very cute. The picture of the nativity is a cute, perfect nuclear family. This is the picture we're sold. A cute, perfect nuclear family in a lovely old barn with fairy lights and a Christmassy fire, all holding hands, singing songs as their favourite animals surround them, and Mary just pops out baby Jesus. That is what we're often sold at Christmas. And from this, this is what they thought of Christianity. And I wish I knew at this time what I could say to my friends that thought this. I wish I had a response to give them, that it's not quite like this. Christianity isn't quite like this. And this morning, I just want to, over the next couple of minutes, just explain what I wish I was able to say to my friends back then. Just explain what my response could have been. And spoiler alert, it might ruin this perfect, cute picture of what a nativity is. And guys, you did a great job of making it cute, and I'm going to ruin that, okay? (laughs) Completely ruin it. So, the nativity scene, we have Mary. We had Lily playing Mary this morning, who's 12 years... You're 12, yeah? Lily, are you 12? Yes. Lily is 12. Mary, historians suggest, was probably between 12 and 14. The 14-year-old virgin has just given birth. And she, as she looks down at her child, she's probably still in a lot of physical pain. I've been told that when you give birth, you need things, you need people... You need help. You need stuff. Maybe you need water, gas and air. You need a midwife. What you don't need is insecurity. Mary was in a shed. She was far from home. She was uncomfortable on this barn floor. And she was insecure. The first Christmas for Mary was tough. The first Christmas for Mary was painful emotionally and physically. And the first Christmas for Mary was a Christmas full of insecurity. So there's Mary. And then you add into this uh, scene at the stable, Joseph. Now, historians suggest that Joseph was probably 15 or 16. And Joseph didn't have an easy first Christmas either. He traveled home because of this census to Bethlehem, where he was from. And as, as long as I know we sing songs that say, little town of Bethlehem. Bethlehem wasn't actually a little town. Bethlehem was about a medium-sized town that was actually a really busy town, especially during the census. Loads of people had come back to their hometown of Bethlehem, and it was rammed. 
He would have been stressed. They couldn't find an inn for Mary to give birth. They couldn't find anywhere. He would have felt stress as uh, in this culture being this leader of the family. And he's traveled home where all his relations are, all his family are. But Joseph stays far away from his family when he's there. Why does he do that? Because Joseph's ashamed. Joseph is in this stable full of shame. He doesn't want to be seen by his family. He doesn't want to be seen by his relations. Because Mary, outside of marriage, was pregnant. And in this culture, that would have brought shame not only onto Joseph, but onto Joseph's family. Joseph was full of shame. And Joseph would have also been very confused. It's a very confusing thing that's going on right now. Mary's pregnant. And Joseph's thinking, why? What's going on? The angel came to speak to him. That, if that doesn't make it more confusing, then I, I don't know what does. He was full of and confused and asking questions. What's going on? Why, why is this happening? Why am I here in Bethlehem with Mary as she's giving birth? So there's Mary and there's Joseph. And then you add into this scene the shepherds. Historians say that shepherds in this culture were the outcasts. Shepherds weren't even allowed in temples. They wouldn't be allowed in my school Christmas service. They were too messy. They were too loud. They were too smelly. They would have been well out of place. But here they are, invited to see the miracle. Invited to see Jesus being born. And they would have probably felt, what are we doing here? Why are we even invited to see this? We're nobodies. And I tell you what, Mary was probably thinking the exact same thing. Why are the shepherds here? I'm trying to give birth here. Can they just go away? The shepherds were there, but they shouldn't have been. The shepherds were outcasts. The shepherds couldn't even be in temples, but there they were at this birth. The scene was a mess. It was smelly animals, poo, scattered hay. Yet my friend got told, how dare he not do his top button up in a house of God. And here's my point this morning. Maybe you can't relate to how the nativity is often portrayed to us. Maybe you can't relate to singing these jolly songs. Maybe you can't relate to this idea of the perfect, peaceful family together by the Christmassy fire holding hands. Maybe you just think, well, that's not me. I want to say this morning that no one at the birth of Jesus would have been able to relate to that either. No one at the scene would have been able to relate to this. The only people that may have been feeling jolly were the wise men. But the wise men weren't even invited to see the birth. They were probably about a year after they came to visit Jesus. We just add them into the nativity to make it all joyful. But maybe you can relate this morning to those that were actually there for the birth of Jesus. Maybe you can relate to Mary. Mary who was insecure at Christmas, who was lonely at Christmas, who felt emotional and physical pain at Christmas. Or maybe you can relate to Joseph. Joseph who had questions that needed answering. Joseph who was ashamed of who he was, of the situation he was in. And Joseph who was confused. Or maybe you can relate to the shepherds. Maybe you think, I'm just not good enough. I'm not good enough. Why am I even here? I shouldn't have even been invited here. I'm not good enough. This is the scene of the birth of Jesus. People with insecurities. 
people with pain, people who felt ashamed. And then in this scene of broken people, we drop the most vulnerable, humble act of human history. God, the creator of the world, became a baby, became reliant on other human beings. This, and through this humility, we can connect with this Jesus because of Jesus' love. And in this moment, in this moment as they surrounded Jesus, people who felt broken surrounded Jesus. As they looked down at this baby boy, as they looked at the miracle of life, the miracle of birth, in that moment, suddenly, they had a sense. They were no longer thinking about their insecurities. They were no longer feeling ashamed. They were no longer feeling that they weren't good enough. As they looked down and their focus was on this baby boy, their focus was on Jesus, their shame had gone. Their insecurities had gone. The focus was on Jesus. And this is what the birth of Jesus does for us today. He says, come to me as you are. He says, with your mess and with your pain, come to me. You don't need to do your top button up before you come to me. Come to me as you are. I will take your pain. I will carry your insecurities. And I will let you go free without your insecurities, without your shame, without your pain. Amen. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for the amazing story of Jesus' birth. Thank you for the humble act that it is. Thank you for the vulnerable act that it is. And Lord, thank you that you don't expect us to come to you perfect, but you ask us to come to you as we are, with our top buttons undone. And you will be there for us. You will take our pain you will take our shame. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for your love. Amen. Thank you for listening. If you would like to contact us about this talk, to hear more, or to find out about Riverside Church Whitstable, then visit our website at riversideuk.org. Also, you can contact us through our Facebook page or tweet us at Whit Riverside.